0: All right, uh, would you like to pray for us? Sure. Yeah. You? <laughs> Sue, yes, Sue.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Father, for this day and for this class and bringing all of us here safely. <coughs> Went over Michael this morning and helped him to get the wisdom as he teaches us from the lesson, both the class and during the sermon. Be with um, everyone that is serving this morning. Just, just be with them. Thank you for the sunshine. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. 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 No. I knew that. Well, we had to make sure. You know. We're <laughs> gonna keep quizzing you until you know it you your sleep. <laughs> then we'll work on getting me places on time. <laughs> okay. Good luck with that, though. Okay, <laughs> right, so chapter five of book two is the first thing we're gonna look at. So he, he's starting to get into the really the deeper theology at this point. Um, so, I'm just going to ask some questions and we'll talk about uh, some of the things that he said, flesh them out.
2: Oh, he is here. Sorry. Madam, you're I'm, late.
0: I'm kidding. I know. Kidding. I was on
2: time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and she waited for me and then she I left and then you. then you were.
2: I didn't see you. Oh, sorry. I didn't see you. Welcome cares. back. That was
0: Texas. Cold. Oh. Ice storm while I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow.
2: I was looking
0: forward to the Well, here, you're, you're here in t- just in time to answer this question. Why does it matter that Jesus' sacrifice was perfect? Why is the sacrifice that. Ooh. Why does it matter? Reconcile, it yeah, why does it have to be perfect?
1: That was the rules in the Old Testament.
0: Yes, that was the rules in the Old Testament, right? Thank you. <coughs> <laughs> the Lord said the- that it had to be a unblemished lamb, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood, it says in Leviticus, and in Hebrews, actually. So there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. So there has to be shed blood, okay? Now, why was it that they had to continually shed the blood of even perfect lambs? Why weren't those ever sufficient to cover sin? They just rolled it forward. It didn't... It didn't forgive the sins. Right, it didn't actually forgive the sins. See, we have, this is what is very interesting then why about it. with it. Hmm. Was it last like time? Good question. That was a, what? What's that? Was it temporary? Like... Uh, it, it, yes, in a sense, it is temporary. Because even Adam and you're, Eve. You're in, clean for a few
1: minutes and then You're
0: clean for fine. a very short period of time, apparently. So it, it is very odd to think about whether or not the blood of the lambs actually accomplished anything. No. Um, because if there's, there there is no forgiveness in the shedding of blood, but if you if you are shedding the blood of the lambs, you have to keep doing it. Apparently, there's some time limit on. Right? There's some deficiency in what it covers, and we're, we're, this is never really explained. Um, it was important that they did it because it was pedagogical; it taught them something. Right? Several times a day, they have to constantly be sacrificing animals, and they, you know. And certain times in Israel's history, they were learning the lesson and understanding that they were not good people. Other times, they just took it, it was just ritual. They didn't understand what it was pointing to. But uh, Jesus' sacrifice is actually perfect and once for all. Why? Why is it a once for all sacrifice? Sufficient for all time? Because he's God and man? Because he's God and man. There you go. It's not enough that a man simply sheds his blood, it's that God shed his blood. And it's a very complicated thing. What does it mean that God died on the cross?
1: Okay, so she's got the right answer, but I don't really know why that's a good answer. But, you know, Jesus why, was, why was it good for all? You know, because he was both God and man, why does that, that doesn't explain it to me. To you? Why does that make it good for everyone?
0: You want to you flesh that out? Me? Yeah. <laughs> So because I, would, I don't
1: remember seeing that in the book or in the video. Well don't you just kind of cover the two domains? You got man, earth that God created, and yeah.
0: then way up above at the highest level is God. Yeah. So you've covered, you've covered all your up. bases. Well, because no the blood of no animal or man is perfect.
1: Well, I guess my take on it is it's good for everyone because God said it was. You know, He made the rules.
0: Sure. Um, right. Well there's sure. I, I don't God I have that. no logic behind it, that's all. Right, so his his, un, his, well, his sinless blood. Yeah, I read the
1: book. I didn't watch the video Why yeah. is it both?
0: because I'm kinda of dense.
1: <laughs> no, but it's that first paragraph, like uh, the uh perfect surrender and humiliation were undergone by Christ perfect because he was God, surrender and humiliation because he was man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then that last bit, well, people often ask what the next step in evolution is, the step beyond, the step to something beyond man will happen, but in the Christian view it has already happened. In Christ, a new kind of man appeared, and the new kind of life which began in him is to be put
0: into us. Yeah. Yeah, because in the previous chapter, he went out of his way to say that it doesn't matter if you, right, there's all these different views on the uh, atonement, and it doesn't really matter. But I think it's interesting that he gives away his hand a little bit in in the substitutionary atonement version. He kind of shows what his actual opinion is. That's what I'm getting at. So he said in previously it doesn't matter, and that he he wasn't going to explain his. But then I think he kind of he does by lo- logically just by the way he explains <coughs> the atonement.
3: Because he he says at the end of the previous chapter that you can only like be a perfect sacrifice if you are sinless like God mm-hmm. but if you're a man then you're sinful so like you need you need a man who is also God in order for there to be a man who right. is a perfect sacrifice right so, because,
0: because no man through born through Adam like like the yeah. normal way would ever be perfect enough for, for his blood to cover the sins yeah so Jesus comes right the the holy spirit overshadows mary and you, you know, you, you work Adam out of the equation, <laughs> and then his blood is perfect because he is sinless, and then it's, it's a once—it's finally the blood that is sufficient to cover it for once for all time. So he takes the blood back into heaven. He anoints the, um, uh, sorry, the uh, altar in heaven, and it's cleansed once for all. And then that's why he. Where does it, it say him.
1: this? He goes, anoints an altar in heaven. I'm sorry, I've never read that.
0: It's in okay. Hebrews. Read, I've
1: never read that. Okay, well, you gotta. I'm, I'm not gonna argue with. I just I never read
0: that. Yeah. So. um Hebrews what? Hebrews what? Hebrews oh, All right. <laughs> all
2: right.
0: In the in it's chapter eight, I think chapter ten. Re, if you read the whole thing, and you. Can, oh, I've never done that. So this this is what you. <laughs> this is partially for people so if you read Leviticus it tells you what you're supposed to do with the blood okay you go to Exodus 24 it's a great example Moses takes the blood and he, he takes the hisap and he he splashes it on of the, the altar yeah okay well in, in Hebrews it, it says that Jesus does the same thing he goes into heaven though with the ones for all blood and 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 Since he's a high priest, what is he going to do with the blood if he goes into heaven with it? Well, he's going to splash it on to the altar. So what does it mean that we share in the humility and suffering of Jesus? Okay, So you have this once for all perfect sacrifice. and, And in order to accomplish that sacrifice, he had to humble himself and he had to suffer. But what does it mean that we share in it? How do we share in the suffering and humility of Jesus? You guys are really rocking mm-hmm. How do yes. you share? We identify with him, and he identifies with us, and we, um, he, becomes, he becomes our head, our covenant head, right? Mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. represented by him. Yeah. Yeah, so if you are going along in life, and all of a sudden you come upon a uh, temptation. Um, what are some ways of dealing with that temptation give me the end what? yeah giving in, right and just going for it you can go the other direction and just and, and run away from it okay
1: or act like it's
0: not there or act like it's not there right you can drown your sorrows there's all kinds of ways to deal with the temptations and struggles in our lives mm-hmm. but but what we do when we take Jesus right we once we're united and we are in Christ as a as Paul says. Then what we're doing is we're sharing. We're sharing in this suffering. We're sharing in this humiliation. And, and we're crying out to him and he is the one who delivers us from these things. He really is the way out. Um, and, and the problem with most of us, the reason we sin at this point is because we do not avail ourselves of him. Okay? If it sends a, um omission where we just don't have any idea, that's different. But when, when we sin and we know that we're sinning, what the, the, re, the thing that's happening is we're failing to appeal to Christ to get us out of it to, to rescue us essentially so this is why we are this is what is happening to us when we're tempted and, and people talk about temptation as if it's something that they cannot do anything about but it is something we can do something about Right, you have to make a choice, you have to make a choice, and this is what C.S. Lewis is always talking about you are choosing to do this or you are not, you are choosing him or you are not, you're choosing his way, which is to suffer and to deny yourself. Um, and you're entering into his suffering, taking it upon yourself by doing that and, and, and availing yourself of it because his suffering on the cross is what gets us out of temptation, what gets us out of sin, okay. And even when we're repenting of sin that we've already done we're again availing ourselves of this humility and suffering because his humility and suffering is what um, brings us forgiveness now why is Christianity not a self-help program because we can't help ourselves. others. because, <laughs>
3: because um, yeah self-help program we need the Christ life in us yeah. because yeah. we, we aren't be trying
2: to earn anything right, right. it's given mm.
0: to us mm. yeah and, I mean, at what point, right, some of you who have been Christians for several decades, at what point did you just move beyond sitting? <laughs>
2: Never.
1: I'm waiting. You'll let
0: do it when you get there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a is there an end? Yeah, if, 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 there, if it's a self-help program, it's terrible. Because this is always what I find is, you know, I, there's... I I claw myself up to some plateau, and just when I'm about to stand up and enjoy the view, I realize that I'm actually just on a a razor's cliff edge. I got to keep climbing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. is often what the Christian life feels like. You don't usually, you know, uh, uh, especially a lot of Christians struggle with the idea that they've actually changed it all. That they're actually improving it all, right? Self help programs. You know, you enter into them for ten weeks, and at the end of the ten weeks, you feel better about yourself, and it's supposed to be the end of the program. Christianity is is not that kind of thing. It goes on and on and on and on and on until we die.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we never arrive.
0: Yeah. What does Lewis mean when he says God doesn't love us because we are good, but that God will make us good because He loves us? I love that. I like that one. Yeah, that's like really, good. really good. Yeah, and this is um, something that. I think applies in a lot of areas the beautifying aspect of love so if you take unlovely things um, and you love them right? that love makes them beautiful and this is true in marriages this is true with children this is true with converts this is true in so many ways that love actually does ennoble love does beautify love Love has an effect on the object that you're loving, okay? So we are not good at all, but he loves us despite that. And it's a beautifying love that actually changes us. This is, uh, Paul talks about it, when we we look upon him, we go from glory to glory, right? We're increasing in glory the longer we are uh, gazing upon him. Um, And and this works, how, how does this work with a parent and child? Say you have a nasty little two-year-old who's just mean, right? Or ha- say you have a convert, who's somebody who's, who's brand new to the faith, and they're just they're there with their purple hair and tats and raggedy demeanor and, and harsh language. Have you guys ever noticed that um, like I, there's a convert now that I know that we're, the, the nature of even his language is changing. He's not using the F word like he wants. <laughs> and you're like, wow, this is becoming more pleasant. Now, have you guys experienced this beautifying love before? Have you seen it in the world? Yeah. Examples that you want to share? What's that? Well, I think once you start getting into the Word of God, the Word of God, and like it says, it's a sword, it changes you. And you even see it in yourself, where yeah. you look at who you were 20, 30 years ago, right? Yeah. and you're not, at least like for me, I'm not the rebel... <laughs> kind of a guy I was in my 20s, yeah. you know, yeah, totally. that was ready to get in a fight or whatever I
2: was going to do. Now, yeah. that's the farthest thing I want to stay away from. Yeah. Right? So, it has to be guys were talking about love, compassion, yeah. grace,
0: that type exactly. of stuff that continues to work through you. What is the Scripture? He who began a good work in you. Yeah. We'll right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and as a faithful husband, he he sanctifies us, right, cleanses us. And, and he is, in fact, beautifying not just individuals, but a people. Um, so you can see the same thing in history with cultures. Cultures that become Christian become more beautiful over time, uh, generally. Right now, you can see our culture is getting uglier because it has less, yep. right? it has less Jesus in it. Um, from everything from what we watch on TV to buildings. But the, the, the Christian love, the agape love of God, is actually a beautifying thing. And, and it works in, I mean, this is one of my... Uh, favorites, is you can tell a well-loved wife uh, there's nothing more beautiful than a 70-year-old woman who's been well-loved. Right? I mean, like, this is an idea. That, no. Oh my gosh, Lord. <laughs> Jesus has loved you for long time. Yeah, yeah. So you, so you, you see this, and, and you see it in cultures. Like, you see, like, uh, dignified older people who are like what you're saying. Like, I, there's a guy that was my dad's friend, and he's been a Christian now 20, 30 years, and he just looks and, like, a handsome, dignified guy. He looks like somebody with gravitas. Um, Because it works on men and women. Anyway. um, Okay, so if you want to make something beautiful, love it. Now, how do you explain that God is not being unfair to those people who have never hurt him?
1: Mm -hmm. This is actually... Because the Bible says that there is no excuse because of nature. He says, we don't know what plan God has for them. We may have some options. Yes. Not, just
0: because we're not aware of it. Right. Mm. C.S. Lewis, this is where he has, this is one of his more dangerous ideas. One of his what? More dangerous ideas. And it's an idea that more of us need to hear. Okay. What did you say, Laura? I kind of
1: liked it.
0: Yeah, I liked I, it. I, I I'm not surprised by that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm going to actually read something in Romans here. Let's see. Romans, 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 Romans. There's something that Paul says that when I was reading an essay about this written by Doug Wilson, this was very helpful to me. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, it's Acts. When he's on Mars Hill. What chapter is that? For what? When, Mar- when Paul's on Mars Hill. Is it uh, 17. 17? or no, yeah. what you. <laughs> That's Mars Hill. Yeah, I know like, oh, I know that one. <laughs> I think it's like the second half yeah it's when he's on the when he's talking to them he says 1716 17, yeah here it is yeah. Um, yeah he says that God was oh, right. oh yeah right here verse 30 verse 30 So chapter 17, verse 30, it says, The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Hmm. Now, what in the world does that mean? So C.S. Lewis's opinion um, is essentially that God is far more gracious than we give him credit for, and that in former times, during the times of the Gentiles and the pagans, when (coughs) it was just Israel, that he actually overlooked a great deal. Hmm. Now, Paul doesn't go on to explain this, right? But but if you go in the Old Testament, you're constantly running into these strange characters like Melchizedek. Who is that guy? Why are we tithing to him? Nobody explains what he's the priest of. Yeah. Right? But he, he's clearly, in some sense, um, a true believer. I mean, he's a model for Christ later in the Hebrews. So... Um, yeah, so essentially, right, if, if Jesus is the only way that God, that's true. There is no other way to the Father except through the Son. However, that does not mean that there isn't a lot of different ways that God can introduce people to the Son. Okay? Right. Okay? And, and if you look at Hebrews chapter 1, this is actually something where I, I, I'm thinking about taking an exception to the Westminster Confession. <laughs> I have the lot. Whenever I make a change, I have to let the Presbyterian know. It says in Hebrews, um, it says uh, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things. Now, typically, what people say that means is that He speaks to us, He used to speak to us in dreams, He used to speak to us in, revela- in, in prophecies and in revelations and visions. He Let's see, but here, this says now His Son is how He does it. Not that the scriptures are how he does it. Okay. Now, we all know that there is no faith without hearing the word of God. That's the normal way that it's done. But even in Hebrews, Paul continues this idea that it's his son is now the revelation. So this is why Muslims are getting the dreams that we were talking about before. And, and there, it's possible that God reveals people outside of scripture, but never outside of the son. And I think that's the thing that a lot of reformed and, and modern evangelicals have a difficult time with, right? It's Say the, it
1: again,
2: he reveals.
0: He 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 can reveal his son right outside of the scriptures, but he never uh, reveals re- uh, salvation outside of his son. So the, he, yeah. you know, he usually uses the Bible, but what he always uses is is the son, right? This is always what it's about. So this is subservient to this. So the son can reveal himself in however the son wants to, right? That's his right. his prerogative. Um, it's also you know it, it, he's stricter now than he was before uh, Christ ascended into heaven. That's the other thing Paul is talking about: the fact that in in the former times of ignorance he was more understanding; he's less understanding now. <laughs> so when we're talking to people about those poor islanders who've never heard the gospel, you can in fact re- reference nature. That's that's, that's the um, baseline common argument but but we don't know what God is doing so so instead of what, what I feel like is when we, we deal with this argument we say things about God that are not true the answer should be I have absolutely no idea right? I have no idea what he's doing on those islands where these, these uh, aborigines have been living for centuries and nobody's ever translated the gospel into their their language, who knows what God is doing, okay? Um, when I, when I, we first got married, uh, anne had a library, and I got rid of most of the books that were in it, because they were horrible. But there was one that was awesome, and it was about all these tribes that, throughout the world that are monotheistic. Um, and and they, it, was, it was very strange, because uh, amongst all these pagans who are eating people, and they're polytheistic, there would be these monotheistic uh, tribes that believed in the one God above all gods. And you have one man, one woman. They had all these sort of like almost Ten Commandments. Um, and, and they were very strange. And there's not enough known now about some of them as to where these ideas came from. But, but there were people, Christians, who thought they found Christians. That's what they thought. Oh, these are just super ignorant Christians. <laughs> um, and, and that, that's very fascinating to me. So, a lot of people ask this question, well, what about all those poor people who have never, ever heard the gospel? Well, you, you say, well, I'm sure that they've heard of the sun in some fashion, but I don't know. Instead of trying to... I don't know, we feel like we have to defend God's honor here. Somewhere. Right, right. And he, he would never do... Something, and we and I've heard like wild things about. Well, I'm sure there was a missionary there sometime. Well, we have no idea. Right, right. Have no idea. But the, we a uh, classic one is limbo from the Catholic Church. Mm. Right. Always saying, well, what happens to unbaptized mm. babies yeah. that don't know God? Well, you know, it was so popular, I guess they had to make this limbo yeah. thing yeah. to explain it <laughs> away. Uh, right. Pretty right. Pretty cool. And that and that was the medieval church is they had to create categories and try to deal right. with. They they had to have. S- you know, a place to put everything, right? Mm. Including people. In <laughs> so, that's what it was. Yeah, well, I mean, who knows? Who knows? If the Muslims are being converted by Jesus coming to them in dreams, I mean, anything is possible. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we have to remember. Not, all things are possible with our God. Mm-hmm. And, and especially this. He is way more gracious than we give him credit for. So I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually less concerned about the people who've never heard of him than I am about the people who have heard of him and rejected him, yeah. right? And I would rather talk about that than I mean I'm yeah. sure God has it covered. All those poor people out there living no. on the islands. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, we're gonna go to chapter one of book three now. So, what is the different difference between moral rules and ideals? Moral ideals.
1: have to of Jordan Peterson huh. with this and how nice. he's put his
3: 12 rules for life he's <laughs> kind of
1: become well no but he's kind of the this is like a bad a bad analogy but he is the Lewis of our time sure to men not in the church
0: yeah he's a public intellectual
1: and he keeps asking he questions the way Lewis did yeah and And comes up with the same (laughs) answers, just so... Almost there.
0: Yeah, so, (laughs) yeah, he's very interesting for a lot of reasons, but one of them is the fact that it proves that if you are seeking the truth truly, you will find it. Mm -hmm. And, And, I mean, he's trying, he's been down lots of different paths, but he's clearly getting closer and closer to the kingdom of heaven, because he really wants to know what's true. Yeah. Um, and he is a public intellectual that may very well think himself into
1: salvation.
0: <laughs> 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 Reason himself into One well, of the rare ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but he's brought a whole lot of guys yeah, with him. Yeah. Just yeah. saying, yeah, you yeah. have to go to work. Yeah, yeah. you have to yeah. honor your commitments. So
0: make your, make your yeah, plan.
1: if you get married, have show. some kids and raise them. Yeah, And be there for them.
0: I see, he does these master classes, have you seen this? Now he's <laughs> doing one on romance. <laughs> and how to an actually romance a woman. And I was like, I would actually suggest some men I know to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Sure, like, it doesn't mention wisdom. God,
1: but it's all really yeah. biblical stuff. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, um, back to rules and ideals. Right. Yes, Jordan Peterson, check him out. But how how mm. are ideals different than rules? We're, I think what I got across from the video was the ideals were sorry, more like subjective and a per- person's own mm-hmm. I- ideals for, um, but also like um, un unachievable. Yeah, the perfect ideal. It can never get you know. Get like done.
1: we want zero carbon in our world. Yeah, it's great energy, but the rules of Earth right, right. aren't going to work against that.
0: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> nice
1: application. There's
0: not enough yeah. wind on Earth to generate. Mm, no, there is not. And it's too unpredictable in... Uh, on t- anyway, okay. Right. Yeah. So uh, if we all were sitting here and we're like, okay, let's create the ideal man. Right? Let's have... A just man.
1: like you. Oh,
0: <laughs> thanks. Uh. For, uh,
1: uh, <laughs> and we are not the right answer? Well, well ideal <laughs> man <laughs> for the 21st century. We'll see, if, but here we go. That's what i We
0: start to have this conversation, and I, I... Right? The more of us we add, the harder this would be. Yeah. Okay? To create this. Now, if you turn to Exodus... Right? And, you, and you go to the Ten Commandments it tells us what the ideal man looks like <laughs> and you're like, okay, now here we go, here's a standard that we've been given and, and we should all pursue this, okay, we're, we're given rules on how to conduct ourselves if you leave it up to just men uh, our brains, we would not be able to come up with the ideal man Jesus is not who we would have
2: chosen.
0: Okay? If we would have written the story, not only would we have not written it the way it was written, we, Jesus is not who we would have created and sent on stage. Mm. Um, and, and that's why I think it, this is important, is this is so subjective and it's, you know, it's not going to last person to person, generation to generation, but the Word of God does, and it tells us what, what, um, how, how the, the ideal man ought to conduct himself. OK, so what are the three concerns of morality?
3: Like fair play, fair play, internal harmony, and then like general purpose of humanity.
0: Yeah, okay, fair play,
3: what
1: was number two? Uh, internal
3: harmony. Internal harmony. With the things inside. Yeah. All right. Oh, sorry, you said
0: internal.
1: Sorry, general. dear. Yep. On the same page. General purpose for yeah. humanity. General, internal? <laughs> harmony. <laughs>
0: We're going to have a lot more coffee, actually. Okay. General (laughs) purpose, right? Or the, the telos. Yeah. Where are we headed? Where is this going? Yeah. So, yeah, what were the two examples of very excellent word pictures that he used in order to make his point about this? He described two different things. Talking about ships.
2: Ships. Mm. Yeah.
3: You love that one, I bet. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. If the two ships will collide with one another, that's what you have to prevent. But if, right. if the navigational systems on the ships don't work, they're going to run into each other. Yeah. Again. Okay. Yeah. Also, if you're supposed to go to Calcutta and you end up in New York, right. Or, right. This is a perfect metaphor. Right. Yep. So you have to make sure that uh, the ships are staying where they're supposed to in a convoy, that the, everything is function properly on the ship and that you're headed in the right direction. Okay, what was the other example you used? Music? Oh. Yeah, and I like this orchestra. one. What's that? Orchestra, yeah.
1: I said on orchestra? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah it's, uh, so if, if, um, if you think about it this way, this is actually a slightly more advanced version of what I've said. But yeah, if, if Jesus is what we're tuning our instruments to, if I am in tune with him, if I'm making sure that I'm in tune with him, he's playing an A note, I'm playing an A note, Okay, and all of you are tuning yourselves to him okay, he's the tuning fork then what we are is we are all in tune with one another mm. okay, that, that is very important to understand this is why following Christ has everything to do with how we interact with people in society mm. because if I'm not following him and I'm out of tune with him I'm out of tune with you mm. okay? and, and, and increasingly I understand that our, it's, it's our relation directly to him is the thing that most affects our relationship to everyone else Okay? So if we tune ourselves to the tuning fork of Christ, we will live in harmony. Okay, Now, he uses the band in, in, in almost as, in, exactly the same way as the ships. Right? The instruments have to be tuned. <laughs> Everybody has to know their part, and you have, I'll be playing the same song, and the song has to be appropriate to the event. Okay, You don't play dancehall music at a funeral, generally. Right? <laughs> I hope you play dancehall music at my funeral, but that's the <laughs> uh, Okay, let's see. Yeah, so how can something be wrong even if it doesn't hurt anybody? Mm. Are there victimless crimes? No. Is there (laughs) such a thing as a victimless crime? No. Well, we were
1: listening to numbers driving up here in the Daily Audio Bible. And... It was that section where God is addressing God is addressing rules for finding out if a woman has cheated on her husband and she has yep. to go to the priest to take this water and it will swell her belly if yep. no one if no one was witness to it, like all these rules about how to determine yep with there are no witnesses because you're not to, yeah, so all the kids were like, but no one saw it. So <laughs> why do we need?
0: Why do we need rules for? Why do we need this? Yeah, yeah, because the, that's the one where the woman drinks the dirt from the floor of the oh, right. Right. Yes. tabernacle, and her uh,
1: thigh will shrink and her belly will swell, but she won't have any more children.
0: No, she right. dies actually. Yeah. Right. Well, she won't have any more children. Yeah, <laughs> you got me there. Well, I mean, for
1: the law. Logical.
0: Well, I know. See, this is, uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that was, yeah. That was just, one of my, my daughter's just, questions, too. Well,
0: see, and this That's was, guy you guys have to... a Bible. Deuteronomy <laughs> 25, 11, and 12. Oh, yeah. Under the miscellaneous uh, laws. This is my favorite. Deuteronomy, five. Five, what? Uh, this is my email. Deuteronomy 25, 11, and 12.
3: I've looked this up because of your email before. And yeah. what? I was in for a surprise. For sure. Oh, you
1: looked <laughs> up he, his address.
0: This is yeah. my life verse here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, It's oh. 11 and 12. Well,
1: wouldn't, wouldn't the host. Purpose of the drinking of the dirt in the water, whatever, uh-huh.
0: wouldn't it be all psychological uh, for the woman? Uh, Wait a well, well, yeah, hold this on. This
2: doesn't match that. Do you <laughs> know No, this is
0: something else. This, this is something different. else. <laughs> so, oh, this
1: doesn't talk at all about it. No, he said there's miscellaneous
0: rules in here. Yeah. Classes won a hundred This will be how we end, of course. Here we go. (laughs) So, a general uh, general equity theonomy, okay? General equity theonomy. What is? Everyone say that with me. General Uh, equity equity theonomy. Okay. Okay. So we are or ought to be in this church. General equity theonomists, and what that means is, we do not separate the laws into ceremonial laws over here and Mm. moral laws over here, and okay, all the laws in the Old Testament ought to be obeyed, Mm. okay some of them in word, some of them in spirit, mm. right? It does not matter if I wear two kinds of cloths, cloth anymore. Now, there's a principle in that law that still applies. I ought to not look like the world in my dress. Right. When, you, when you're a general equity theonomist, you have to understand that right, this is, we have to deal with everything that the scriptures say. We can't avoid the parts that are weird. We can't avoid the parts that we don't like. And one of the greatest examples of that is Deuteronomy 25, 11, and twelve. When two men are fighting in the street, and the wife of one goes out to save her husband, she reaches out and grabs the man's testicles, cut her hand off, and show her no mercy. Okay, your eye shall have no pity. Your eye shall, shall have no. Your eye shall have no what? Pity. Oh. Now here we go. Twelve. What in the what is this about? Right. This is under miscellaneous laws, and and I would say most modern Christians would be like, okay, we just we don't even going to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but what does it, what is that telling us? How then ought we to go and live given that verse? How do you, how do you, what's the general equity of that verse? What is it even talking about, right?
3: Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, it's not yours
0: to take. Okay, vengeance is don't mine, Don't protect
1: says... your husband or others that belong to you.
0: And don't protect them. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Well, fear? I, well, no. There's let, a let,
1: cheap way to end a fight, and uh, there's a just way to yeah. end a fight.
0: Yes. And should women be inserting themselves in physical fights between two men?
1: No.
0: No. Now, see, now here we go. Now you can apply this in all kinds of ways. Yeah. Is should men
1: insert themselves into physical fights with,
0: between two women? Well, I would say, um, except to stop them, no. <laughs>
2: well, that, don't you think that woman was trying to stop? Well, she's trying to stop
0: it in a particular way. I like okay? And like, plain dirty. And then, yeah, like, women ought not to play like that. That's not how they are supposed to conduct themselves, right? Her inserting herself into this combat is one thing. The way she ends it is another, yeah. right? And the fact that it says show her no pity is like, like, can we show her a little? Like, I mean, what if her husband is crippled or whatever? Right? Yeah, she it, was we, trying to do the right thing. She's, she's trying not, to do the right that. thing yeah. the wrong way. Right. Right. Now that is a principle we can apply all over the place. Okay. It's also, I think, very important because now they're talking a lot about the draft for women. Mm -hmm. Okay. We ought not to be drafting women into the military now. If women want to join up, there's all kinds of things. I'm going to say this, a little controversial, things in the military that women can do that are very helpful. Right. And we could talk about a lot of examples. The thing that they that is not helpful is fighting. Right when Russia and Ukraine go to war against one another, it's not noble of the Ukrainians to send their women to the front lines. Now, I, even even if the chaos is as bad as it's getting, two men are fighting in the street, the women ought not to go out there and try to stop it. And, and I and I think this is something. There's these are ways to apply this first, but the general idea here, okay, is that we have to deal with all of Scripture and not cut out the parts that are awkward or weird, right? Because that's what we tend to do. Um, we're not creating ideals. We're given rules, and yeah, we have to figure out how to obey them, right? Especially rules like that. <laughs> Can you guys think of any other laws like that that are really strange? Well, well,
1: the the one, yeah, the, wa- yeah, the no dirt. witness uh, no? For yeah. this woman possibly mm-hmm. laid with another man.
0: Yeah. But so the husband thinks it. that the wife has been fooling around. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, and, and, and can't
0: prove it, so he she makes she her drink some dirt.
1: Because the Bible is very clear that a woman cannot be dragged up in this kind of mess unless there are two or three witnesses. Right? Yes. So the husband, it's not. So the Bible sides with the wife in that her husband just can't drag her before the priest. Right. But it does offer a way to address the husband's suspicions.
0: Right. And I can't remember, does it say something happens to the husband if it turns out she's innocent? Um, mm hmm. No, he's
2: off scot-free. No,
0: I think there is something because of the false accusation. Hmm. Um, but I haven't. I went, didn't he, Was that today's or
1: yesterday's? It was. Uh, oh, yes. It was yeah. yesterday. It was yesterday. Are yes. oh, you listening to the same uh, one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Of course. <clears throat> Let me find
0: out where. We're... Okay. Yeah, you guys put that down. Let me see what we okay. got here.
1: Numbers 4, 1 through 5. So got another four, chapter
3: and, and a half to get through.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so why does our view of the universe and hmm. eternity affect our view of the value of an individual? Why hmm. does our view of the universe and eternity affect our view of the value of an individual? What are the eternal things versus what are the things that will end up in the dust?
3: This reveals a lot, actually. I think this is really interesting.
0: Yeah, because because right? if
3: you believe you only live, humans live like up to like a hundred years. Individuals aren't very important, whereas mm-hmm. institutions that last for centuries right. are much more important. Right. So That's individual it. rights aren't as important, and you want to build up institutions that last right. for a long time. Right. Put all states, your focus yeah, on that. Right. Whereas if you believe that we are eternal beings, <laughs> yeah. Like no matter you know heaven or hell, you're gonna live for eternity. So what happens here matters quite a lot. Right. And institutions and, uh, are like a blink of an eye in comparison. So.
0: Yeah, right. They, they ultimately are the thing that lasts only for a brief moment. Yeah. And, and you can see how people get into these movements like the Third Reich or mm. Rome. Right? Rome is this ideal that is going to last forever. And all Romans are serving it. Soviet Union, And, and like, that's what, how, how a lot of Romans talk about it. Um, I'm reading Makers of Rome now, and, and they all talk as if their lives are meaningless, and what matters is Rome. Okay, because Rome's going to go on forever. But Rome didn't go on forever, right? And all of those men are answering for their lack of faith in the Lord Jesus and their behavior. Um, they're answering to the judge, and and so, you know, it, we tend to get very into the ideals of society, cultures, institutions. Um, but they do not matter more than individuals. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now there's there has to be a balance because what happens if you think only the individual matters and institutions don't at all?
2: <laughs>
0: you what can't have a good do? society. You can't have a very right. good society, right? Lots of no. that is anarchy, right? Yeah. Like, no, no, you don't need it. You don't
2: want any government. Yeah. You don't want anything.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I and I I've run into you know I. I Am tempted into this, and I and I hear it now that now that I've listened to Lewis about this. When people when we talk about Western civilization is going to end, mm. and we have to defend Western civilization as if Western civilization is this thing that's always existed that's going to go on forever mm. or should go on forever. Well, Western civilization is is good. Don't get me wrong, but but it's not the end all be all yeah. right? It's not the thing that is eternal. People are eternal, and, and I think in the culture wars, especially conservative. Reform people kind of lose that. We're fighting for this ideal of Western civilization, forgetting that there's actually people involved.
3: I think sometimes when people say Western civilization, they basically just mean Christianity, though. So yeah, it's totally. kind of tricky. <laughs> yeah,
0: but and we and we talk about it like Romans. We talk about yeah. like this ideal, this yeah. this beautiful, perfect thing. But Western civilization is not beautiful. Well, I'm sorry, it's not the most beautiful and most perfect thing in ever. York right. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. Uh, okay, chapter two of book three. We'll do this one real fast. The cardinal virtues are those which all civilized people recognize. That's what he says. What does he mean by civilized people? <laughs> what do you think Lewis means by civilized? Me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, himself. going to be educated?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Right. I, I, well, I'm trying to think. If like really, as opposed Eastern.
3: as opposed to savages
0: is like yeah. where my mind goes. Yeah, savages, right? Um, barbarians. Yeah.
1: Well, but did he, in the, even in Lewis's time, not every kid went to school? Yeah. Right. There were still kids working. <coughs> yeah. So are they civilized just because they live in the UK but not schooled? Hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, does he mean yeah. Oxford educated or does he mean Just a, a common
3: person. person? No. No. He,
0: or, yeah. does <laughs> yeah. or does he
1: mean just English and the Americans?
0: Or does he mean people that are under a government? Yeah. They, yeah, to follow right. Yeah. And, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, organized. Is there a more traditional? Uh, see, that's what I didn't so do in What's the traditional definition of the word civilized? What's the Oxford English right, dictionary definition? If I, that's what <clears> I should have <throat> looked up. Because I don't think he simply means educated. I don't think he simply means English. I think he means <laughs> right, people who live in a society. Okay, right. if you live in a society, if you go back to his his Tao, that he had that list of rules. Mm-hmm. He, he recognized uh, civilized people, all the things he listed were civilized, but it co- I mean it covers the gamut as far as time and places. Um, so what he means by civilized is much broader than usually I think the way we use the word. Um, but the cardinal virtues, which do you guys remember what those are? They're not the r- religious virtues, the cardinal
1: virtues. justice and fortitude?
0: Yes, there you go. Yep. And And fortitude is not actually a virtue. What is it? But it allows you to keep the practice the other virtues. it's what happens at the testing point of all other virtues. Yep. So you have fortitude only when you're actually um, upholding the virtues that you're supposed to under duress. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So what would uh, let me see? Okay. What would Lewis say about the st- statistic that only 25 percent of American adults did not read a single book last year? Twenty-five <laughs> percent of American adults didn't read a single book last year. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's a statistic. That's a statistic. Yeah. Yes,
1: I'm surprised it's not um, higher. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the book the well, book that, that I got this out of was, of was written the Internet, in the so two was... <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah,
0: the pre-internet. Yeah. The book was written probably like ten percent. No. Uh, right. Um. Yeah, but I mean, it's something like ninety percent of people who with a college degree never go and read anything else about their major. Hmm. Um, and that's all majors. So that's, that's yeah. civil engineers as much as, right? So there's civil engineers that are walking around and their knowledge is at what they got in college and they've never updated it. Wow. In well, you've updated on the job. You are working with it and you, yeah. you can't not learn. Well, sure. But he, and but, be exposed to new ideas. Yes, that is true. But if you took somebody 30 years out of college who's a civil engineer and you go and you take him and you sit him down with the textbooks, he would be surprised by what he would learn, I think. Right, I, and I think it's okay. it's, it's, it's okay. keeping up with that kind of knowledge. Um, like, um, how about you? Do you know engineers that keep studying their field after?
2: Oh, really. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I,
0: you do learn right. on the job, but it's different. Imagine right, right. a teacher who who never who went with their college education and never. Right? I mean, you know what it's like teaching. You go back, you read more stuff about the subject, you, you, you learn new things about the subject, you're constantly updating it. That's, you have to. You have to. You have to. And, and we, we don't usually think all professions are the same way, right? Um, but it's like my, dad, my poor dad. He'd been at the job for a while, and all of a sudden like he, he didn't realize it, all this updating with DNA. You know, like how, So you can learn on the job about DNA, Right. Oh, he's because he was a cop. Oh, well, like, we have to protect this DNA. But then he actually did some research about what you know how the whole thing works, and he became very careful,
2: <laughs>
0: much more careful. And he used it a lot. He used this idea uh, about collecting DNA very differently on the on the job training. So I just remember that he was kind of in, you know dumbfounded by how much he didn't know. And I and I think this goes along with it. I mean, most most people don't continue studying their field after they leave school, except for on the job. But that's, right, there's a number of professions where we would think that would be absurd. Imagine a pastor who never studies after he leaves seminary. Mm -hmm. That would Or a Or a doctor. Or a doctor. Yeah, Yeah, in in, any profession, it's absurd, right? But C.S. Lewis would say that this, um, well, what would he say about that, about the fact that so many of us are not readers?
3: Lack of prudence—it's
0: not being prudent, right? It—it's it, it, part of the problem. It's when he would go out to RAF, um, he would go pre—he would preach for RAF uh, pilots and engine and, and stuff. And what he found is how uneducated the pe- the common people were, and it, and it was in their language he he saw it. They, they thought, you know, they. They disbelieve things like they thought Arthur was real and true, but they, they thought King Alfred was a myth. It's like he would run into this sort of like basic one-on-one knowledge. I, I subbed Friday at Bucklefield School District and I was absolutely appalled. On it. There's no <laughs> learning that in here. It
1: was shocking.
0: Yeah, shocking, isn't it? But So, so that, that is um, part of the problem and part of why, why somebody like C.S. Lewis has to do these radio addresses. Right? He, he, he's not just, he doesn't just want us um, he's not just there teaching us, like you know, he's not just pushing uh, Christianity in the sense of like, like a sign on the dotted line, saying this prayer, come over. I mean, he wants he, he's thinking mm-hmm. about the whole man. Yeah. And, and I think Christianity that considers the whole man is, is more accurate and correct than Christianity that is simply worried about like inviting Jesus into your heart. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's more compelling. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Will you pray for us? Yeah.
3: Uh, Lord, you have called us to love you with our, our hearts, our minds, our souls, and all our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. These sum up um, the law, and may we follow that law and pursue you and be more like Christ in all that we do. Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Well, thanks, everyone.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm.